Welcome into Prep Sports Tonight. Good Wednesday evening. Thank you for being here. I'm Josh Ward alongside Jesse Smithy. Fivestarpreps.com is his website. You want to have it right now with the close to the regular season in high school football uh, approaching. Have a few weeks to go there, but they cover all the sports. Uh, volleyball, Jesse, you have a ton of coverage on what's been going on there this week. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of region championships that were settled Tuesday night, and one of those is your alma mater, buddy. Farragut High School came into the district tournament as a five seed, and now they're region champions and moving on to the state sectionals, which will be Thursday at 5 o'clock, right before the rivalry Thursday game at 7 o'clock on the campus at Farragut High School. So you can catch up on all the teams that won region championships yesterday, who's moving on to sectionals. Division two teams are already in their kind of state tournament format right now, so all of that at fivestarpreps.com, plus a number of football stories. I mean, it's a really big week, Josh. you got Bearden and Farragut, like I mentioned, and it's not very often that you see that matchup overshadowed in any week of the high school football season, but there is a colossal game on Friday night between Powell and West. Yeah, we're looking forward to that one, and uh, we're going to be talking to Matt Lowe coming up in just a moment, Powell's head coach there. That, that defense, Jesse, has just been terrific on Powell's side. Yeah, on Powell and West side, and so you you got to wonder who's going to be able to who's going to be able to kind of make a move first in that game. Who's going to be able to move their chess pieces, so to speak, and the X's and O's to try to find a, an area of of a of a defense to try to exploit because neither one of them have very many weaknesses. And uh, I know Powell's is a defense that has really gotten better as the years worn on, and I think West entered the year with one of the area's best defenses anyway, and we've seen West's offense improve as the year wears on so i'm glad these two teams didn't lock horns early in the season i'm glad it's here in week nine when they've had so much time to iron out all the wrinkles and stay undefeated and now we have this big kind of region championship so to speak uh to, to watch on friday night yeah with jesse smithy i'm josh ward and we now have matt Lowe on with us uh, pal's head coach matt we appreciate the time as always thanks so much and uh on, on your side how excited are you to see how your team performs and to go out there and play in this game, uh, your team and West both unbeaten going in. Well, guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, no way around it. We're excited. Um, you know, this, this is you know a great challenge for us. The kids have worked extremely hard to put themselves in this position, just like the West team has. And so, you know, I think both of these are teams that have aspirations to go very deep into playoffs. And, and this is certainly going to be one of those matchups that, that you're going to look at um, and you're going to learn a lot from and, and you're going to learn a lot about your team. But it's everything that's great about high school football. It's going to be a packed house. It's going to be a great weather night. Uh, two really good football teams, and it should be a lot of fun. Matt, so much is made about the West defense and the, some of the players they have on there, but schematically, what do they do well on the field that gives team trouble? Well, bottom line, they've got some studs. Uh, you know, that's a good place to start. I mean, you know, anytime you're talking about a team, especially here in this Knoxville area, with two, with two SEC commitments on it, I mean, you know they've got some true talent. You know, they're good on the back end. They're good on, uh, you know, they're good up front. Obviously, that linebacker core continues to uh, to be playmakers. They play downhill football. And, and, you know, that's exactly, as a coach, what you're trying to get accomplished by a defensive unit. And so they certainly hit all those check marks. They do all those things. And, and you know, that's a, a lot of what they've done the last two or three years is, is just play downhill, um, especially uh, inside the box. But, uh but, you know, especially in that linebacker court. In terms of your defense, it's a, it's a unit that Josh and I were talking about that continues to improve each and every week. And you guys have a player up front in Colton Webb that I'm not sure enough people maybe know about or respect. I mean, that guy is a flat-out player. 
Well, it's not my fault if they don't know about him. I certainly try and, uh, you know, let everybody in the area know about him. Uh, the kid can flat out play. And, you know, he's one of those guys you're awfully glad he's on your team. Um, you know, he's one of those downhill type guys. He's got that nasty streak to him. But, you know, for a big kid at 6'3", 250, 255, he really gets off the ball well. And, and when he does, and whether it's outside pressure or inside pressure, he's coming downhill. And then, you know, He's got two two big guys on each side in Dakota Ogle and Jackson Daniel that are both guys that, you know, are, are 300 or maybe a biscuit or two over 300 that, that certainly can hold that line of scrimmage. And, and, you know, then he's got that linebacker core behind him. And so it really frees him up to, uh, to be in that go technique. And, you know, he certainly makes a lot of plays uh, on the other side of the line of scrimmage. And, and he's got a supporting cast that allows him to do that. We're talking to pal coach Matt Lowe. Matt, when you guys are uh, are having success like you are, w- what's that mean to the community? What, what kind of support do you see uh, see from the pal community uh, year in year out with what you guys are doing in the football program? Well, that's huge, and I mean, pal's always done such a tremendous job as a community and whole of supporting not only football but all the sports teams. And and you know, uh, it, it's a community I grew up in. My father grew up in, so it obviously it will always hold a special place to me. And, and, you know, I'm so privileged just to be a part of it, but now to have the opportunity to be the head coach for a second time at a school that I played at and, uh, you know, that I graduated from, you know, but, but the Powell community supports you in whatever you do. But, you know, it is amazing to watch, you know, how they've kind of jumped on the back of this team and, and kind of rode it out. And, you know, a lot of that exor- excitement started last year, and it certainly carried over into this season. Matt, how much does that community appreciate a guy like Walker Trusley who – a year ago or so, you know, pretty much laid out his college plans in terms of baseball with ETSU, but still goes out and makes the sacrifices for the football team. Well, he's huge. And, I mean, you know, I say this, I can't sing his praises enough either. I mean, he is one of the most competitive people that I've ever been around. And, I mean, whether it's running the ball or throwing it or on the diamond or, 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 or playing basketball in second period sometimes, I've got to remind him, hey, man, this is just a pickup game. I mean, he's just one of those kids. And, and you know, part of the, the reason he's going to be successful, whether it's baseball, football, whatever he, he accomplishes at the next level, is because of that competitive spirit. But, you know, to watch his development from week one to now, you know, week eight, week nine of the season and, and, and how him and offensive coordinator Josh Jones have continued to, to kind of grow this offense and so much of it is triggered around Walker. You know, it's been extremely impressive and, and you know, I, I hope that young man, um, you know, gets all the accolades that he can certainly get because he's been, you know, a three to four year starter in, in the Powell offense. But, you know, he, he is one of those young men that comes out every single day and just enjoys practicing football. And Friday nights just get to be the icing on the cake for him. He probably came into the season. Well, I don't know. How did he come into the into the offseason, into the preseason win? Sure, he had an established wide receiver with Tyler Kirkus, and we all know what Tyler can do. But here comes three freshmen into the mix, and you know they're on the senior level in terms of knowing the offense and being comfortable. And how much did they dip down and, and try to expedite the kind of the maturation process of these freshmen? Well, and I think he's been a huge asset to those guys. Um, you know, I think Tyler Kirkus has been a, an outstanding role model for a lot of those guys as well, just being able to push them and, and being able to kind of help them as they develop. But, you know, Trustley there spends a lot of his spring obviously playing baseball, gets into a lot of June playing baseball, especially on the weekend. But it was amazing the sacrifices he was making by being in the weight room in June at 7 a.m. with his teammates and then playing baseball in the evenings. And so, 
you know, a lot of that has really come forward. And then by the time we got to July, a lot of those seven-on-seven and passing leagues, which, you know, a lot of people, they, they get kind of a bad rap sometimes, man. It's a great opportunity, especially when you've got young guys, to be able to get some of those valuable reps. And so for Walker to be out there with some of these young guys that have come in, you know, and, and being able to come in and, and make their mark within the program, it's been outstanding. But to watch the development of that entire receiver core as a whole, uh, you know, it, it's as deep of a receiver core as I can ever remember. And, uh, and there's some real talented guys in that group. We're talking to Powell coach Matt Lowe. Uh, big game this week. Powell and West, both teams unbeaten going in. Uh, Matt, what are some things you, you have to do, you think, to succeed against West uh, this week? Well, no way around it. I, <clears throat> I've always said that you've got to win at the line of scrimmage. West is extremely talented. Offensive line, defensive line, they've got some guys up there that can play. So, you know, I think for any team at any level, that's where it always starts. You've got to win running the football and stopping the run. Yeah, you're going to be able to make plays or you've got to take opportunities to make plays when they're there in the passing game. But you've got to win at the line of scrimmage. And so, you know, I think that's their challenge. I think that's their challenge against us. I think that's their challenge against them. I don't think, you know, that'll change for either team. I think everybody wants to establish the run and be able to stop the run. And so winning at the line of scrimmage is certainly, you know, the number one trigger mark um, of who's going to have success. But then from there, it's, it's who's going to be able to, uh, to, to hit some of those big plays. You know, West has continued to do it week after week in, in their receiver core. Um, you know, and we've been able to hit a few big plays with, with their receivers as well. So, you know, at the same time, I, I think uh, a lot of the crowd will get really excited when the ball flies in the air. But I think the game will be won eventually uh, by the guys up front. Did you like having a, a bye week or an off week in between, um, you know, the October 4th game and this game with West? Or would you have preferred it not to be that way? Well, there's certainly a lot of benefit to it. Um, you know, you get to run it a lot more like a college a lot of times during that off week. Uh, everybody gets to sleep in a little bit. You get to watch a little extra film. You get to have some more meeting time. Um, anybody that is a little banged up, you get some extra time to get them healed up, a little more time with the trainer. And, 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 you know, our training staff does a good job of getting guys back on the field. So, you know, you get some of those opportunities. But, you know, at the same time, some of that negative is you get out of that routine a little bit. So now you've got to come back and get a bunch of 15-, 16-year-olds to refocus and get them back into that routine and, and what it's like for game week. So, you know, there's certainly some positives and some negatives. But either way, everybody's going through the exact same system. Everybody, you know, they, they've had a week off, same as we have. So there's no advantage one way or another. Uh, I, I think a lot of the maturity of the team is going to determine how you handle that week off. Yeah, Matt, they're probably having a lot of the same conversations you are, wouldn't you say? A lot of the same goals. It's a matter of who goes out there and, and wins a lot of what you're talking about. It is. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it is almost scary when you look at these two teams and, and look at some of their early season games, and some of them were very close competitive games. And then as the season's gone on, you know, there's been some separation in scores. And so, you know, I think these two teams are very, very similar. I think the scores, their schedules, They've all been very similar. You know, they've played some more 6A teams where, where we might have played some more 4A teams. But when you just look week by week at the development on both sides of the football, these are two very evenly matched teams, and I expect a great football game. Should be a good one. Powell and West. Powell coach Matt Lowe on with us tonight. Matt, thanks so much for taking some time. We always appreciate it, and good luck to you guys this week. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Matt Lowe, head coach there at Powell. Uh, Jesse Smithy, 5 com. Um, anything else to add to the game uh, w- with the build-up to it? It's, it's a big one. Uh, as That's pretty obvious when you have two 7-0 teams there in Region 3-5A going up against each other. Right. It's a very big game, and West is number four in our rankings. Powell's number five, and 
I know they're right there neck and neck in the state rankings as well. And, and I think both coaches, no matter what happens in this game, will remind their players, look, there's a really good chance that we might see that football team again in the playoffs. So whether you won tonight or whether you lost tonight, you might want to kind of keep it even kill because it's just a regular season game. Yeah, they get a one seed, whoever wins, but there are a lot of good 5A teams out there in the playoffs, and uh, this, this one game this week is not going to be the end-all to be-all. There are a lot of games to talk about this week. We'll continue with that coming up next here on Prep Sports Tonight alongside Jesse Smithy of 5 com. I'm Josh Ward. We'll have all calls for you on the Sports Animal coming up at 8 o'clock as Tennessee gets ready for Alabama on Saturday. Another segment looking at week nine of the high school football schedule coming up next on FM 99.1, the sports animal. If it weren't for sports, we'd be forced to play that crap other stations play. Anybody need that? Nobody. 99.1, the sports animal. This is Prep Sports Tonight. Thanks for being here. I'm Josh Ward alongside Jesse Smithy. Fivestarpreps.com is his website to know. Volcalls coming up at 8 o'clock live at Calhoun's on the River. As uh, week 9 of the high school football season is here, uh, Jesse, a, a game that we talked about for a moment on Tennessee Sports Night, Farragut and Bearden, a big one for both of those sides when they get ready for tomorrow's game. Right, a huge game, especially for Bearden as it continues its climb up the region standings. I believe they're now in the number three slot, I think, in that region after having won its last two games against uh, Hardin Valley and Jefferson County. And now it's a big one against Farragut. They knocked off Farragut a year ago at Bearden in a big-time environment, made some big plays late to, to seal up that win. I know Farragut feels like there were some controversial calls that went against them down the stretch and, and led to Bearden being able to get that win. But nevertheless, Farragut recovered from that loss and went on to have a nice postseason, made it all the way to the state quarterfinals and took on Maryville there in the third round. And right now they seem like miles away from the third round of the playoffs, Farragut does. They got blown out on the road at Dobbins-Bennett a week ago, they're still waiting for Matt White to return to the backfield and, and kind of bolster the offense again. And and so this is a Farragut team that maybe limps into this game a little bit more so than Bearden does. And uh, I would say whoever wins this game is going to take a whole lot of momentum into the postseason. Jesse, uh, Catholic, heading into the Baylor game, big-time players are going to be in this one. Uh, it's an important one, I would say, for Catholic to continue on what it's been doing. What, what do you think, though, is – uh, Catholic gets ready for Baylor, which has a Tennessee commitment in the 2021 class, Elijah Howard. Right, and, and Catholic got carved up against McCauley in terms of defensive, defensively being able to stop the football. I think McCauley ran for over 400 yards in that game on about 40-something carries, so not hard to do the math there. And, of course, Baylor likes to run the football with Elijah Howard, the former Webb School and Knoxville star who transferred to Baylor during the offseason. And, He's averaging about 10 yards per carry, already over 800 on, on yards on the season on 82 carries. And uh, so he's having a fantastic transition down into the Chattanooga area. And I'm sure he'd like to put one on the old rivalry there. So uh, this is absolutely imperative for Catholic to win this football game, to continue having hopes for being in that playoff field. I know they had a lot of feel-good uh, moments in that win over Brentwood Academy and carried it over into last week with an easy win. But uh, it's it's serious time. It's crunch time for Catholic, and they need this win badly. 
The number one team in the five-star preps rankings, Maryville, 7-0 and now. Nice showing last week against Bradley Central with Udawa coming up next. Yeah, really nice win last week. I was actually, I wasn't going to, I wasn't calling an upset, but I just haven't seen what Bradley Central has personnel-wise and what they've done to a number of other teams. Uh, it was definitely reason to kind of keep an eye on that game, but Maryville's defense is just so good this year. I mean, it's not just the one week that they had against Alcoa where they kept them out of the end zone. It's just been every single week what they do defensively, and uh, that defensive coaching staff and those players deserve all the credit. And now they go on the road. They shouldn't get much trouble out of Udawa. Udawa's having a losing season, so that should that should be a win for Maribel. So really expect Maribel just to go ahead and cruise into the postseason as a number one seed, and I think everybody's kind of checking their calendars to see when they might rematch with Oakland. And then your number two team, Alcoa, coming off an off week, uh, their defense has just been dominant. They're getting ready for Kingston, which has a four-game win streak coming in. So it should be a nice test. But Alcoa has been playing so well on the defensive side. Yeah, I think they've got, what, three or four shutouts in a row and maybe five or six out of their last seven games. It's something ridiculous other than – other than Maribel and Blackman, nobody's really even tested Alcoa or even put up points on them. So uh, Brian Nix and, and that staff defensively always do a great job over at Alcoa. And uh, we're starting to see some of their players reap the benefits of that. Greg Carroll, defensive lineman, uh, one of our top players coming into the season, picked up an offer from Louisville. And so um, that kind of puts him in the spotlight a little bit and puts Alcoa in the spotlight. And that's going to spill over into some of the other guys on his team in terms of being noticed so uh, Alcoa in a definitely in a good spot uh, going into the 3A playoffs as they try to win a fifth consecutive state championship do you expect a close one between CAK and Boyd Buchanan I think it could be I think uh, Boyd Buchanan's really made a, a jump as a program this year and it's a, it's a program that was just kind of almost left for dead a year ago they had a really long uh, exhaustive coaching search that went through a number of candidates. I know they came after a number of, of coaches up in the Knoxville area to try to come down there and in the Chattanooga area and lead their program. And uh, they got Boskins away from Halls, and he's gone down there and done a really good job. I don't think anybody expected them to be sitting here at this point in the season with just one loss. And so CAK will have its hands full a little bit, but I really like CAK's offense. I like their defense and what Travis Mazingo and his staff have been able to do this year. So I expect CAK to win that football game, but um, not going to shock me if, if Boyd Buchanan steals it somehow. Hey, what do you think about what Austin East has been able to get done uh, recently, including that big region win last week over Gatlinburg-Pittman? But Austin East has maybe hit a bit of a stride here. Man, it's you look back at them week one and a 3 nothing loss to Webb. You look back at week two and getting shut out by Alcoa, and you're thinking, what's wrong with Austin East? They're bringing back an all-state caliber quarterback. They're bringing back a next-level type of wide receiver, a next-level running back. I mean, what is going on? Maybe they were pressing a little bit too much with expectations early in the season and knowing they had this difficult schedule. Maybe they were trying to play outside of their capabilities. I don't know. But whatever it was, Jeff Phillips and his staff have got it fixed. And now here they are at 5-3 and three and clearly the number two seed now in their region going into the playoffs. And that means a lot in terms of just being able to play at home that first round and and get some momentum. That first that first playoff game is always the toughest, the most nerve-wracking, because nobody wants to be a one-and-done type of postseason team. And so when you get that home game, it just takes the ease or just brings a little bit more ease into the equation there. And uh, Austin East is uh, right there in position now. Um, Gatlinburg-Pittman, 
I know they missed Carlitos Lopez in that game against Austin East. He was sitting out for a one-game suspension after having been ejected the game before, and I thought it showed in Gatlinburg-Pittman's offense. I thought it showed in some of their defense. And so I'm not making excuses. Austin East won that game fair and square, but for Gatlinburg-Pittman, I think they know that wasn't their true self on TV last week, and they got to prove it these last few weeks. Hey Jesse, uh, Grace Christian now six and one. They've surpassed last week's uh, last season's win total. Uh, they get Trinity this week, and then a couple of really big games to close out the regular season. Yeah, and and this is uh, finally they get back to a home game. This will just be their second home game of the year. We're in week nine, and for Rusty Bradley, uh, I think that has kind of brought this team closer together a lot quicker than anticipated. And we've seen uh, guys kind of emerge as stars this year, whether on offense or defense, and they've kind of rounded into form. And so that's it's it's key that they do that because they got big games coming up with, uh, with with CAK, I believe, still left on the docket that's going to help them kind of cement their spot in the region standings or lose their spot in the region standings. So uh, I think you see a battle-tested Grace Christian team that battled the weather and battled game postponements into Saturday and played on the road a lot and uh, it's a really tough team and one that I'm sure Rusty Bradley likes and will take into the playoffs with a lot of confidence. What do you think about South Doyle versus Halls this week? Um, big game for South Doyle. I thought it was uh, a little bit shocking and surprising that TSSAA overturned the ruling on Elijah Young, not because I didn't think it, they should have. It's just they don't have a precedent of doing that very often. And uh, even though when I watched the film, I thought Elijah Young should have been that call, that targeting call should have been overturned. I know there's others that didn't think so. So it was a favorable ruling in South Doyle's uh, corner, and uh, they got to take that and, and feel like they have a little bit of new life going into this key region game against Halls because they let one slip away against Seymour. And uh, they need this with they need this win over Halls to possibly uh, stay in the mix for a number one seed because uh, they still have a game with Central uh, coming up and, and a non-region game with Powell. Jesse, last 20 seconds or so, anything else to add of note, uh, what you're excited about with Week 9 here now? Well, it's just a lot of stuff to keep up with, and you can do that on 5starpreps.com. We have classification reports. We have a preview of the West Powell game. We got a story on uh, freshman Tyler Jeffrey from Greenback getting a Mississippi State offer. Our, our top 10s, our top 15s, volleyball, golf, all that on 5starpreps.com. Check him out there. Vol Calls is next.